Live from the Talking Joe studios, it's Talking Joe with Chief and Chris. Hey, 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 it's me, the Chief, joined by... D-I-A-G-N-O-S-T-I-K-8-0. I just spelled it out. Diagnostic 80, Christopher McLeod from the Full Force podcast and this one. Yeah. Fact. How are you doing, mate? Inside Chief's <laughs> mind. Ah! Not a good start. Not a uh, good start at all. Right, so this is what I've been up to and it kind of... It fits inside Chief's mind, so I'm just bundling it all that, all that, all that guff together. <laughs> so, the kid got up at 1 a.m. Yikes! And was like, "Oh, I can't go back to sleep. Uh, can I come in your bed?" And I'm Gross. like, "No." <laughs> I'm like, "No." And the missus like, "Oh yeah, let's get. Her. She'll be alright. She'll be alright." And I was like, "Well, I'm not going to be able to sleep, so I'm going to go and sleep in her bed." So I got my pillow. And then before I left the room, I leave work for like 6.30 maybe, a.m. And I thought, I'm gonna, I don't want to wake these guys up because all my clothes are in the bedroom. So I'll just grab uh, my trousers and my T-shirt now for the morning. So at least that way, I don't have to go back into the bedroom before I leave. Fine. So I go into the kid's bed. It's freezing. I don't know how she sleeps at night. In the, well, she doesn't, clearly. But... <laughs> I got to sleep eventually, and then Is I woke up. a child up. neglect story? Yes. No. Uh, I got up at five, just could not sleep. I was like, oh my, this is just pissing me off now. I can't sleep. And I thought, I'm up now, and when I'm awake, I cannot go back to sleep. So I thought, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go to Billingsgate Fish Market. Of course. I mean, that's everyone's first thought, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is near Canary Wharf in London, and oh, it nice. runs from runs from 4am till 9am. Uh, every day i'm not sure about sundays actually you might have to uh, double check that on the stats or google might I'll, be your friend. I'll double check it yeah double check it, yeah <laughs> next time you're in billingsgate i'm all over that and someone at work sal my man salvatore had said to me you've got to get down to billingsgate fish market and you will get bargains galore so i kept saying yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go and ne- never actually ended up doing it but I thought, this is prime time. I'm up at 5. I normally leave for work at 6.30. That gives me an hour and a half window if I leave. Well, not if I left straight away. But let's say I leave the house in 20 minutes. I've got an hour and 10 window to chortle around Billingsgate Fish Market because it's kind of on the way to me going to work. <laughs> got it. Fine. Check. Right. Check. <laughs> so, get dressed. You know, it's still dark. I'm leaving like the lights on real dim so it's not to wake anyone up. Out the door, freezing. And so I've got a big, big jacket on, get on the train. And then I realised when I'm on the train that I didn't grab a T-shirt when in, in the night when I left. I grabbed a pyjama top. So now I've got a pyjama top on. Wow. With a picture of the dwarf saying, always grumpy. Because wow. my missus bought me that because she says I'm always grumpy. So now I've got that on, which is not ideal. I wouldn't say you're always grumpy, just for the remainder <laughs> of this entire podcast. Yeah. So then I've... Got off at Canary Wharf, and I've got to try and find my way to Billingsgate Fish Market. So I've got Google Google Maps up. That's leading me down a straight path, because now I've gone completely the wrong direction. I don't want to say it's my map reading skills, but it probably was. But anyway, <laughs> I've gone the wrong direction for about 10 minutes. So then I've done oh, look, it's over. Then I see a big sign, but now I've got to cross over a bridge and all this palaver. So anyway, I end up getting to Billingsgate Fish Market. I finally get in there at about 7p- 7 p.m., 7 a.m., <laughs> And a few of the stalls have started packing up already, but now I've got a massive choice of, you know, blah, what am I going to get? And I thought, right, 
I'll just get a few little things. So the other thing was I text my mate at work, Andy, and I said, look, can you bring in a cool bag? Because I didn't have one in the house. Because if I'm buying this fish, I don't know if it's stinking at work, you know, of course. Uh, getting warm. So he said, yeah, don't worry, I'll bring one in. So I thought, I'm just going to get a few little fillets, whatever. So I came out of Billingsgate Fish Market with 50 fillets of fish. <laughs> uh, I found this dude. He was selling, I bought 20 massive cod fillets, like skin on one side. And they were like, it was like 26 quid for a box of 20. And I thought, I'll tell you what, I want these battered. Uh, yeah, hang on, hang br- on. You had, you had six quid there as well. Oi. <laughs> Carry on. Oh, and then I had, uh, there was a box of, these were frozen. Then there was a box of frozen breaded cod fillets. And they were like 30 quid for a box of 20. I thought, that's a deal, get them. Then there was 10 sea bass fillets. And I said, it was like 70 quid. I said, what can you do me as a deal on all this? And he goes, 40 quid, because he wanted to pack them and go. I said, done, give him the 40 quid. Now I've got these three massive boxes of fish. And then as it turned out, when I got them to work, he gave me battered fillets instead of breaded fillets. <sighs> so I like battered fillets, but I wanted breaded. So that wasn't ideal. Anyway, I've got 50 fillets of fish, and I'm carrying them in a big, big back bin bag. Luckily, the missus didn't see it, because that's the other thing. There's no bin bags allowed in the house anymore, because they're plastic. Ah, anyway, anyway I'm, I'm like Santa, except with fish. I've got this big black bin bag over my shoulder with 50 fillets of fish. So I get to work. By the time I got to work, because I had this big puffy jacket on, because it was so cold, by that time, it was really, really warm. And now I've got a big bag of fish, a big jacket on, and my PJ top is now soaked through with sweat and stinking. So now I've got to work... I'm stinking worse than the fish. Fortunately, I found a chest freezer at work, which they use for all these drinks. I thought, I'll put this in there. And then someone told me, don't let Amy catch you using the work freezer. She'll just chuck it all in the bin. So then I'm on a scouting mission to try and find Amy and explain the situation to her. Luckily, I found her and I was like, look, I'm going to get rid of this fish. She said, oh, you're going to be stinking up the place with fish, blah, 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 blah. But anyway, um, long story short, then I managed to get all the fish home that night and I couldn't... (laughs) It already is a long story. You don't have to... I mean, shortening it now is is pointless, is it? Yeah. So long story long, (laughs) I get home and I couldn't even fit all the fish. I couldn't even fit all the fish in the freezer. So I I had to cook up six fillets of fish, big ones, and stunk out my house. And then the missus moaned at me probably for the next like six hours. But anyway, yeah, that's it. That's my story. Um... So things things did go well, but there was a lot of things that went wrong. Wow, that's there you go, man. It's, it all smells a bit fishy to me. Yeah, I have been up to other stuff this week, and I've been doing retro gaming. I'm retro gaming. That's what I'm playing. So don't be shaming, because then you'll be failing. Nintendo Power, not in the shower. Sega for the ages. Ghouls and Ghost Rages. Atari Jaguar, how did it get that far? Sony Playstations, gave me sensations. And now I have to go and do some retro gaming. I said retro gaming. And I'm out. I don't know what's yeah. the Doctor Who thing, Gene. No, I don't even know how the... Uh, you, if you were here with us last week, there was the debut of a new jingle, the retro gaming jingle. So I hope I you still haven't that. done it yet. I haven't done it yet. <laughs> so. Yeah, because we're in the future, which is someone's, which will be our past eventually. Yeah, it's days it's of future, your present, past, present. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, he's still got to edit that. But by the time you listen to it, it will already be edited. Hopefully, and it sounds amazing, doesn't it? Doesn't it sound Good. amazing? It does. Sound, oh, I've listened to it. It does sound amazing. Yeah. No, I haven't listened to it, but I listened to me do it at the time. That that bit doesn't sound about. amazing. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, I played and finished Desert Strike. Hey there, mate. Want to hear something great? The Chief is here with the Desert Strike update. Correct, Amundo. So I was on campaign four, if you'll recall, and all the missions on this, you don't get to see what they are in advance. Normally on the first three campaigns, you can go to your press start, bring up your menu, and it shows you what the eight missions you have to do are. And on campaign four, it just gives you one at a time. So then when you do mission one, it unlocks mission two to see what you have to do. And yes, very pleased with that. Only took me a couple of goes set at night. It ends up with the mad bomber dude, the, the madman. He gets in his plane and you have to basically gun it down before he can get away and launches ICBMs, etc. I will post up some footage of that on the Twitter. I showed it to our friend Chris. And Hi. He was suitably impressed, I think. Yeah, I was. I was very impressed. Yeah. Considering I can't even get past the first level of Contra, and I tried yeah. an app a couple of hours ago as well. Oh dear. The other thing in retro gaming, uh, I actually it arrived today, is my Mega Drive Mini, which I mentioned on last week's pod, which has got 40 preloaded games on it, and I had a little pop on Road Rash 2, nice. which I'll be digging into this week, and I'll give you a progress update next week. Well, but have you been doing any retro gaming? You, or you said, as I said, as I just said, like, like just I a couple of listening. hours ago, I thought, you know what, I'm going to try and beat that level for this Do particular it. episode. So I go up there, I, I, I set my, I, set, I literally just plug in the HDMI cable for my uh, little mini SNES, and uh, away I went, power on, chose Contra 3, The Alien Wars, and yeah. proceeded to then want to pull every element of my hair from my body out. Because my god, it's hard and really frustrating. But the um, I, I tell you what, like I get, I start that first level, first stage. Not even kidding. I get through the first, the first part of that first stage is all kind of like bad guys and shooting at you, and you yep. jump in a tank and you blow up a couple of big buildings, and then you get to this next phase of that stage. It's not even the end of stage one. You're still going in the same continue the same non-save maneuver is that the bit where you're hanging from rails yeah so you got, all right. of a sudden you jump on like this like concrete block and then the plane comes over and bombs you and then That's all it. of the um all of the lava comes up from the floor as you sink a little bit and then you've got to make your way across all this lava infested area so i get across that and i'm yep. thinking and this is after about 40 different continues like this is actually dying like a number of times and being thrown all the way to the beginning every single time and I get to the I get to the end of this first stage, this second stage, and I'm like, oh my god, thank god for that! Running through the buildings or whatever, no one no one about now. I'm just shooting at those things that give you stuff, which is great. And I'm thinking, here we go, it's going to say end stage soon, pretty soon. No, yeah. building collapses, big tank guy comes out, died. I start from the beginning yeah, yeah. again. Do the whole thing again. Get to the tank guy. Walk right up to the left hand side of the screen, and that was that was the thing I didn't do before. Didn't die. Right brilliant shot it let off a big explosion killed it i'm like thank god that's it end of no there's more keep going past that and then you get this massive turtle like alien thing crop out of a building (laughs) and i had like two lives left somehow i don't know how i managed that i got so close to killing it died and it was the last continue i had so i'm like you know what it so i didn't complete the first stage but i did get to the end baddie i think i don't know right, if there's another i'll tell you what i'll um I'll, I'll play it tomorrow and complete it and tell you what it's like tell me yes do that <laughs> no i probably won't i haven't got that snes mini as well so 
Um, I might dual run it with Road Rash 2, Mega Drive, and the SNES Mini. I might uh, dual run. I'm sure you'll smash it to death, but my goodness, I nearly literally physically smashed it to death today. Like, oh. Anything else you've been up to this week? Just busy as all heck. This particular podcast is like my holiday. Uh, and then I and but then after I've recorded it, I then, then realise realize... I have to do loads of work for it anyway. So it's oh for yeah. f- sake. Yeah, I've got like tons of stuff this week. Uh, I think two two new commissions have come my way, and they're Excellent. time sensitive. So I've got to work on those real quick. I'm working on at the moment, and I kid you not, four different videos for Boss Fight Studio at, at the same wow. time. Uh, again, all pretty time sensitive, and. What else am I doing? And then obviously all the podcast stuff. And we just had um, news bursts galore. Scarlet has been cast in the Snake Eyes movie. Samara Weaving. Uh, yep. And they've, they've got a guy and he's probably going to be the main character. Takahira. Takahiro Hira. Or Takahira Hero. I can't remember which way it goes around. But he <laughs> is. He looks to be the um, Storm Shadow's brother. Rival clan leader of the Kuriyami ninja clan and he could be uh, could be kenta that's his name could that's who he could be in any case okay. lots of stuff's been kicking off and it's just i'm getting overwhelmed and now i've had to jump on this recording as well just in yep. the middle of it all so yeah brilliant <laughs> and coil con uh, this weekend coil con this weekend i'm looking forward to that where's that ohio right got it next i've actually i've had a i've had a fiver on ohio state to win the um national championship so i think they're playing well uh, but anyway Let's move on. Um, <laughs> beverage for the show, baby. Beverage for the show. Do, 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 do. Beverage for the show. Do, 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 do. Now I am gonna go do, do, and drink my beverage for the show. So this week uh, I have gone for something called Shaken Udder. Gross. Uh, vanilla licious, made with real vanilla beans. Milkshake with no artificial colours, flavours, or preservatives. Nice. 330 mils, plastic bottle, Mrs. Frowned <gasps> at me. There How dare go. you? And we go. Let's, oh, wait a minute. Shake. Shake. Shake that puppy. Sounds, then, sounds, sounds so dodgy. <laughs> here we go. There's a bit on the side that says, Love the udder. Uh, that's what you thought ve- you were doing. You're vegan. You're not that's, vegan, are you? I am. That's what I oh, thought you, you were vegan. doing for a second. I'm dairy free. Right. Very creamy. Mm <laughs> hmm. Very vanillary, um, vanilla-licious. Yeah, it's nice. I like a vanilla milkshake. Nice, nice baby. Yeah, nice, nice baby. Right, what have you got? <laughs> I have... I, well, I, I decided to go for a glass bottle and a metal top and no plastic Good. to be seen. Just, you Good know, to, just for the for the <laughs> and giggles. Actually, no, my wife picked this up for me yesterday. She messaged me and said, I'm, I'm in the store, what do you need? And I was like, actually, surprise me with a drink I've never had. So she was like, uh, okay. So she turned up with a Hubert's Blueberry Lemonade. Mm. Imagine that. Uh, Hubert's Lemonade, only the best will do. It's new. It's a new flavour. Is that a known brand, though, Hubert's? I don't know. Maybe. No. Okay. I'm not sure if it's like super popular, but it's uh, you know it's official. <laughs> yeah. Non-GMO project verified, naturally flavored, and other natural flavors. Don't know what that means. So that basically that means the same thing, just in two different <laughs> ways. Sixteen yep. fluid ounces, uh, one pint apparently, four hundred and seventy-three nice. milliliters, and a hundred and thirty calories per bottle. And it says on the back, when life gives you lemons, you get a big truck. So uh yeah, there yep. you go. So I'm gonna Did it actually it. say one pint? 
Yeah, it says one PT in. Uh, but then it says four hundred and seventy-three mils. I believe our and, pints are different sizes as well. Uh, I was going to say a pint in the UK is five hundred and sixty-three. Yeah, that's why we get based a lot more. Okay. Yes. Here we go. I'm going to pop it open. Oh yeah! I even, I even hit the microphone as I did that, so it's an even more. Ridiculous. Oh, it says inside the cap. It says consuming this product may cause joy, and it's got a little nice. smiley face with a winky, smiley winky face on there. So anyway. Nice. Oh, God, it smells gorgeous. It smells absolutely May cause joy delightful. to what? Joy to your balls. I'm going to try it. Here we go. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah? It's, I mean, you know, it It actually smells better than it tastes, believe it or mm. not. It's got, it's, it's, be- it's really nice. It's got that real blueberry edge. And obviously, the, but it's very, it's, ve- it's, it's sweet, but it's very, it's like the tart end of lemonade, you know, that kind of like yep. bitter kind of lemonade. You can really sense the the bitterness in there in the background. A bit like <laughs> when people listen to this podcast, they can sense yeah. the bitterness That's pretty it. much yeah. running through the entire <laughs> thing. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I'll give it I'll yeah. give it a six out of ten. Good, good. We're ranking them now, are we? I, I don't know. Something I, just, I wasn't aware of. I, I just realised we never actually we no. never actually tell people we just say, Oh, it's nice. We never yeah. actually give them a, a a benchmark. So but I think we should. I think we should. Benchmark. So now we're going to have to go back and buy all the previous drinks that we bought again and do a super ranking. Wow. No, no. Not, no uh, ain't nobody got time for that. Moving on. Comic talk. Comic talk. Oh, comic talk. Larry Hammer writes them cheap and Chris discuss them. Whoa. Comic talk. Oh, comic talk. Larry Hammer writes them sheep and Chris discuss them. Whoa! The whole point of the episode! Woo! Yes. So, this week we are covering issues 135 through 138 of, of? Real American Hero. Well, no, actually, it's G.I. Joe starring Snake Eyes and Ninja oh, Force. Oh, jeepers, you're right, because this has, I'm looking at the cover, and it says G.I. Joe starring Snake Eyes and Ninja Force, like you just said. And it also <laughs> says, top left-hand corner, part one of four which we haven't seen on any G.I. Joe books before. We haven't seen any predetermined arc lengths. And this is no. something that I think Marvel were, were doing a bit more of now, but in general in their comics, because... Yeah. this And this is something I kind of liked back in the day, where you never really knew you're buying X-Men or Avengers. You never knew when the story was kind of starting yeah. or finishing. Where yeah. And then when trades became trade paperbacks became a big thing and started being sold in actual bookshops the comic book writers were kind of told by editorial to write specifically for a six issue story arc and then we'll label it on the cover part one of six or part one of eight or part one of four so that it could be packaged up and sold as a more reader-friendly title and that's one of the things i didn't like about that was when it said you know this is part five of six because that made me i knew then that the next part was going to be the wrap-up yeah and big there was, time. it took it took a little bit of you know surprise takes the edge off, doesn't it yeah. yeah it takes the edge off it, over time it became really formulaic and you yeah. started to see the the kind of well you started to see the formula 
and each each issue you'd be like oh this is the this is the build up issue this is the this is the bit where they they the stakes are raised and everyone loses something and this is the yeah. part of the story where they start to fight back and this is the story and then this is the conclusion and you kind of you could, could you could see that then and then you almost be able to not predict what was going to happen but it made things a lot less spontaneous and fun yeah and the weird thing is though even this is listed as a part 1 of 4 so obviously it's a four part story it doesn't really end at part 4 no it, i mean a new a new thing kind of takes over but it's still yeah. in within the same like you're in the same scenes you're in the same same pe- yeah. groups of people are still involved so yeah it's hard to say isn't it really yeah um but yes and straight off the bat we've got some gi joe fashion armani prada versace too joe's changed their outfits from black to blue duke and hawk look but don't go changing their kit whoa is that legit swapping camo jackets headgear and boots it's now neon colors and funky space suits sci-fi stalker and even roadblocks while bill flint and muck gave me a shot so go take a walk if clothes aren't your passion comic book talk and lovely G.I. Joe fashion yep because uh, even on the cover we've got two we've got a new outfit for Scarlet which we'll actually see more detail of in page one of this issue but it's kind of there and then you also see this crazy looking guy in the front who I believe is supposed to be Snake Eyes yeah it's Snake Eyes and his new version 4 version 5 I think that would be right wouldn't it (laughs) no idea i forgot what version we're up to already i think it's version five it's the ninja four snake eyes effectively fan of this one (sighs) yes very bland very bland i kind of i remember being really excited when this came out and i saw it in the states i think in on in figure form and i remember kind of like grabbing it and just going oh my god this is really cool and then seeing ninja force and i think i also picked up nunchuck and dojo i want to say they weren't out in the same years they were they separated by a year but they were still on the same the shell on the pegs at the same time yeah. um like in that 93 so when i saw this new ninja force group i was like oh cool and then obviously having snake eyes in there i was like super excited the card art's beautiful uh for that particular figure but yeah the f- and i won't get into too much detail but yeah basically the ninja force figures suffered from this um kind of like additional gimmick where they would have like swing action punch things or kicks or you know like mechanical things built into the figure and it would hinder articulation and make them not as cool in terms of articulation and then ninja figures you know like it's it's ironic that even though they had the gimmicks they didn't have the articulation that some of the other figures had previous to that but yeah anyway yeah i'm not a fan of this look to be honest and also it's kind they kind of don't really color it correctly in the actual mm. issue so like the cover, i don't know i've never seen the action figure so i don't know what it's supposed to look like like covers close enough he's more one color you know all that kind of black color right but in the book he's got like a blue vest and like a silvery gray kind of i don't know get yeah. up well let's so let's weird. let's have a look who to see who's responsible for the coloring uh we've got larry harmer on script uh, andy wildman on pencils stephen baskerville on inks bob shireen is on colors longtime colorist to gi joe yeah and rick rick parker's on letters so Bob, uh, I'm not sure you you've uh, you're correct there in your colouring. Well, there you go. You've done a bloody good job so far, so I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. What's so over these four issues? What's happening is there's a lot of betrayal and deceit and backstabbing, but not really because it's all a ruse. So, as mentioned on the cover, it's mainly focusing around Snake Eyes and Ninja Force and scarlet has betrayed the team we learn early on and gone over to side with cobra but she's actually a plant from uh, higher up she's a plant she's a hydrangea no 
she's been planted <laughs> like a plant uh, by Hawk and the higher ups to get infiltrated into Cobra. And is that actually? I don't think it's ever actually explained anything. Other than that, is it? They just want to get her inside Cobra to feed them back information. Uh, I don't know. It's just a wet as bollocks, isn't it? Like, the, yeah. I think the overall story or like the plot to, to get her in is yeah. really weak. Like that whole like like basically having a tantrum and running away, and it's like, well, that isn't enough. That's not enough yeah. to turn someone to Cobra. And why do why are Cobra so quick to like accept her? I know like Slice has got his own opinion on what you know she's she's really doing and he's got like an eye on her and everything but i just feel like everyone was so quick to go oh, yeah scarlet you can join cobra like what what on earth like after all they've been through and all they've done why on earth would one little falling out about not being a ninja i don't know just that that to me was a real wet it was a real wet mackerel <laughs> yeah yeah um, the other thing that's going on here is, I've, and again, as normal, I've written down a list of likes, dislikes, and stuff. One of the There's things I do like, thing, by the one way. of the things I do like, is Cobra Commander. The other part of this story arc is Cobra Commander's, you know, trying to put Cobra back on top again, and he's he's got a nice little three pronged attack. So he's getting this rail gun, and this is where we see for the first time Doctor Sidney Bigglesworth, who's some sort of boffin who's developed this this rail gun. Because they start saying Dr. Sid and you see a bloke and and they're mentioning his assistant. So you're led to believe yeah. that Dr. Sid is the guy and she's the assistant. But it's it's actually the other way around. She is the doctor and he's yeah. the assistant. Biggle, Biggles Jones, yeah. What did I say? Bigglesworth. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Bigglesworth. Dr. Biggles Jones. Uh, and then he also is uh, getting some ICBMs captured. And then he's also got some dude with a briefcase full of dirty secrets and just porn he's yeah he sent he sent the night creepers so there's more outfit and more fashion here the night creepers new outfits thoughts love the way they are actually in the comic i think they look really really banging but the actual action figure that came out was a little bit weird and as much as i love that figure and again the card art's amazing it's such an odd choice i mean the the character the actual figure is like pink and teal it is like it is bright, shocking colours, but this—I uh, love how they how they look in the comics and how like really dark, like much darker they are. And I yeah. love how they've got that kind of—it's almost like it's almost they're like all a wearing Cylon. like yes, and they're all wearing this kind of like fluffy, like feathered, kind yeah. of almost like animal fur capes. They're just so weird, but I love them. Yeah. And and Cobra Commander sent them out early to you know capture these ICBMs and the dude with the briefcase, and they come across as pretty bad dudes, you know, in terms yeah. of successful in their missions. Very futuristic-looking guard guys as well. They look, it looks like something out of Cops. Well, that's another thing I've written down here under stuff, and that we see four or five pages worth of effectively regular uh, security forces which joe public if you will but we and we haven't really seen that in any issue so far we've only ever really seen joe's cobra we haven't seen any other armed forces yeah that have actual speaking parts for over a number of pages which we get here which i thought was quite interesting yeah it was cool and they look really neat as well i think they look kind of cool yeah, they got kind of a new shock wavy look almost. Haven't yeah, they? yeah, totally. Whoa, 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 whoa! We got comic ad talk within comic talk. Comic talk. Oh, comic talk. Stop. Rewind selector. 
It's comic talk, but not as you know it. I'm asking Chris questions. Let's hope you don't blow it. I found some ads in this comic I'm reading. Chris's brain is working overtime, I think. You hear it bleeding. NFL and NBA trading cards. He's digging up answers like bodies in graveyards, cereal, candy, and video games. His knowledge is good. Is it as good as he claims? Can he name the X-Men or even the Avengers? London answers like right hook might need some dentures. If you don't like this segment, you best take a walk, because it's comic ad talk within comic talk. I've just seen it as I turned the page. Um, yeah, put that jingle in. So, this is Fleer Basketball Cards 92-93. Nice. 50% of the audience love it, 50% hate it. 100% of people in Talking Joe love it. That's me and you, by the way. Um, fully right. aware. So, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven cards here. It's going to be a long one, people. Buckle in. So the first one here, I've got a... I've got... Hey, this one's branded Slam Dunk in the corner. So it's a Slam Dunk... Uh, I don't know if he was a champion or not, but he played for Seattle. Kemp. Sean Kemp. Ding, ding, ding. Right, let's move across the other page. Here's another Slam Dunk champion standing... I'm going to guess five foot six, five foot seven, maybe. Uh, oh, uh, Bogues. Uh, no, was, I think he was five foot three, Muggsy Bogues. He was, but, but when the way you were talking about it, I was yeah. like, uh, Spud I, Webb? I, did Spud, Spud Webb? Webb? There you go, yep. One oh, man, contest. yes, he did. Of course, yeah, sorry, I was. Do you know what? I was thinking Spud Webb, but I said Muggsy Bogues. Because yeah. Muggsy Bogues never won the dunk contest. What am I talking no. about? Anyway, uh, so it's. That's one of the most amazing two, dunk guess, contests but... ever, the Spud yeah. Webb one. Yeah, it's amazing. I think he does like a between. Has his back to the basket. Yeah, bounces off legs, the backboard. Off the backboard and possibly even the reverse dunks it, yeah. I'm, I'm going to watch that. I've got like an NBA... I've got I've got it right in front of me here. I'm just off the shelf. Look, I've got it. It's called uh, All New Dazzling Dunks and Basketball Bloopers. And it's Do like... You know uh, it's a VHS. So I've actually got to find a VHS recorder somewhere. And it is... I think it's like about 50 minutes of basketball bloopers, but also highlights of the dunk contest. So I'm going to find a VHS player. Actually, I'm going to buy that on eBay after I finish recording. Anyway, we've got to get back to this. I've got a guard here for the New York Knicks. He is now a head coach in the NBA. Um, Knicks. So just... Tyrone Liu? No. Uh, John Starks? No. Played with John Starks. His first name is somewhere you might go if you were ill, and his surname is a body of water. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, oh, yeah, Hospital River. Doc Rivers, yeah. Doc Rivers, there you go. Um, I'm, I'm there thinking, like, hospital, <laughs> hospital. Hossy, Hossy. Yeah. Uh, next one. Uh, this is branded under Total D. Oh, goodness so me. I think he's probably an all-team first peak. defensive player. Ma- oh, I thought you meant he had a massive... Okay, carry on. <laughs> this oh, guy... Oh, do, do you want me to guess now? Is that yes. What okay, oh, Gary Payton. Jump. Uh, Gary no, Payton. the glove. He was, he was all-time first defensive. Uh, but this guy is actually uh, my second favourite podcast. My third favourite podcast of all time behind Talking Joe and the Full Force is a podcast called Crime in Sports where they take... These two American comedians take not the most famous sporting stars so they won't do OJ or anything they'll take lesser known sports stars and 
you know, build up their sporting career and then two hours of them descending into crime and just taking the piss out of them. It's really, really good. And they had this guy, <laughs> not on the show, but they discussed this guy's career two weeks ago. So go and check out Crime in Sports and two weeks ago you'll see this guy. He played for Detroit. Oh, um, won is he one white? Title. No, he won one title with Detroit, then he won another three with... Did he win three with Chicago? Oh, did Dennis Rodman, sorry. Yes, Dennis easy. Rodman. Sorry, that, I thought that was way too easy. I'm like, no, it can't be yeah. Rodman. Uh, we've got another couple here. we got... Uh, okay, here he's pictured. He's a guard. He's pictured in a Sixers uniform. But I think he also went to Phoenix after the 76ers. He's a shooting guard, three-pointer. His first name is the first name of a action-forced artist... His surname, the first part of his surname, is something a rhino has. Oh, you mean Kev Horn. <laughs> um, you're close. It's not Kev. Um, why can't I think of a horn? I can't think of any horns for some reason. Um, first name is the Action Force artist who also was a Transformers artist. Oh, uh, Simon. Simon. Uh, Greg Horn. No. <laughs> I'm um, having. I just had a mental get your, breakdown. Get the first name right. Get the first name. I know right. what I'm trying to do. I can't think of. I You're think. struggling to think of the artists on yeah. Action Force. Yeah, and what I don't know why. Okay. Um, he spells his name with a G, but this guy spelt his name with a J, but it's the same name. Well, it's a different name, but it sounds the same. Phonetically, it's exactly the same, but it starts with different letters. <sighs> How long is we answer? We're 36 minutes into the pod so far. I can't think. Of the I, f- his I, name. I'm just I'm having just a brain it fart. I'm, I'm just giving it to you. Just say it. I can't think of his so name. So the artist is Jeff Senior. Jeff! Hell. Okay, okay. yes. Jeff, so, Jeff Van Horn. Jeff Hornacek. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, right, two more. <sighs> Deep breath. This guy, he won titles with LA. He, I think he was a number one draft pick. Should have gone in the dream team, but he did not go in the dream team. Someone else went instead of him. I think it was a political decision. In 92, 93? This is the 92, 93. So the dream team was 92. So he would have been a rookie. I guess this is his second year in the league. With LA? No, he was drafted here by a different team. Then he won his titles in LA. Oh, okay. So who is he with in this, in the, on the card? Uh, it'll give it to you, but I'll give it. To, I'll give you give it anyway because we want to move this section on. Orlando Magic. Oh, Penny. No, other one. Shaq. Yes. Oh, sorry. I could have sworn you said point guard or like oh. some. I should have sworn you said point guard. No, Penny wasn't either. But and then we got one more. <sighs> this is a guy who he he's here in a Phoenix Suns jersey. He played for other teams, but I wouldn't be able to tell you what... Uh, I'm just going to... It's Dan Marley. Let's move on. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have been given enough clues for you to get it. So, where were we? I think they were the only fashion things here. The Night Creepers, Scarlet and Snake Eyes. I don't think there's any other changes of uniform, is there? Not that I can think of. No. Uh, cover... Oh, we didn't cover covers. So, that, that cover to 135, I actually quite like it. I don't mind it. I think it's yeah, okay, it's apart dynamic. from... Snake Eyes, the look on Snake Eyes, I think it's a good pose, but it just looks a bit bland. 136 is where it's at, though. This is a great cover. The back-to-back. This is back-to-back Cobra Commander and Scarlet, and he's holding Wildman in... Well, he's not holding Wildman, he's holding a, a bit of parchment with Wildman written on it. That's a good cover, and... 
You could argue that Destro and the Baroness are wearing different clothes. They're kind of wearing street civvies, aren't they? Yeah. He's got his silver mask back on and he's wearing tweed. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> I like the some of the ninja hoodoo stuff that's going on where Snake Eyes is... They're, they're looking over a... They've climbed a building and they see something in the distance and Storm Shadow says, you can see them because you're a ninja. Snake Eyes knows what they're doing because he's a ninja master. You know, it's, it's a bit hokey and silly, but I kind of like that. We've seen the Eels version too before, haven't we? Eels up inside ya, finding an entrance where they can. Eels up inside ya, finding an entrance where they can. Bore it for your mind, for your tummy, for your anus. We have seen the Eels version yeah. too, I like this version. Oh, I'll tell you what, this doesn't count because it's not. Oh, actually no, Dial Tone's wearing his new get-up as well. Is he? Yeah, I think he is. I think he's wearing his like his like slightly updated... Sonic Fighters uniform. Oh, he turns up with, like, the Brawler and some other Joes. They're doing a weapons test, aren't they? Yeah. And also, the Monster Blaster turns up. It's got a weird name. The what? The Monster Blaster. Is that that thing, that green thing with the so. yellow? Yes, yeah. The Monster APC. What's the Persuader, then? Is that in here? Is that a thing? Persuaders. Hang on, let me look. Where's no, the Persuader? I don't, I don't know. Or is that, well, not... I don't even know what the Persuader is. Is that Persuader's a thing, or is that... Not... An old vehicle that we've probably already, you know, that's already been in... Uh... Oh, so this vehicle you're saying, the monster... What is it, the Monster Masher? <laughs> yeah. What was it's it the called? Mo- it's the Monster Blaster. The Monster... That's what I said, Monster Blaster. Yeah. So that's... Okay, that's the other vehicle. And what's the thing in the background? What's the little tiny Jeep? Is that... No, it's not the Brawler. It's the Battle Wagon, anyway. I called it the Brawler. Battle Wagon, Paralyzer Tanks, a Hiss Tank, a Monster APC, Blaster. Whatever that thing is at the back. Hang on. Might just, be a gene- might just be a generic Jeep. No. Uh, anyway, while you're looking that up, what do you think about this Scarlet and Bigglesworth, Biggles Jones ceremony where they're joining Cobra? Mental. There's loads of Cobras lining the path. There's flags flying. They're dressed up as Serpentor almost. Just with weird cloaks and mental. And snakes. And then they've got to have, they've got to have de-venomized snake venom to drink. It's all very Marvel comics bullshit. It is a bit weird and it's a little bit odd and... It, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think Marvel bit bull kind of covers everything there. You mentioned the eels, eels, and I do like that whole sequence where they get sent down to dispatch Destro and Baroness, who are now in prison and underground, where Scarlet was kept in issue twenty-one. Yeah, They've escaped through the through the floodgates or whatever, and then the eels, eels come down. There's a there's some panels where the eels, eels come back out, not saying anything, just clang Destro's mask down, eels. as if to say we've killed him. Yeah, and then the bodies float to the surface. I'm, I'm not hundred percent, but I think it is the. Uh, it might be the Mudbuster. It might be the Mudbuster that Jeep, but in a different color. In which case, it might not be the Mudbuster because you'd think it'd be the right color. Yes, <laughs> but it is. It is the um, battle oh, wagon got, that gets wasted. It's got Mon- ten. It's got ten X written on the side of it. The Monster Blast is an interesting inclusion, actually, because that was part of the Mega Marines. And obviously, the what? That, the Mega Marines, the G.I. Joe no Mega idea. Marines. No idea. So it's weird that they kind of brought that in, but didn't actually do anything with the Mega Marines. Like it was just all. Because obviously, I suppose you've got a lot going on. You've got Ninja Force now, do, you know, with the majority of that kind of stuff. So for the Monster Blast to kind of be in there, because the Mega Marines was like G.I. Joe super future fighting these kind of like monsters you know like bio vipers and, right. and like that so it was um kind of weird that they went 
with this particular... I suppose the vehicle was on shelves. They wanted to sell it. Yeah. Boom, there you go. It works. Uh, but the Monster Blaster APC, yeah, that's that big green one. It's the... Uh, the the Like I said, the, the little Jeep, I can't get a bead on, I think. And I, I obviously, I could be wrong and, you know, write in and tell me how wrong I am. But I think it is the Mud Buster in different colours. Okay. All right, we'll go with that. We'll go with Mud Blaster. No, Mud Buster. Um, the Mud Masher, whatever it's called. Or is the Mud Buster the one that gets destroyed? Oh, no, that's the Battle no, Wagon. That is the Battle Wagon, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that is definitely yeah, the, the Battle, battle Wagon. wagon. Um, and that gets destroyed because... So everyone's converged now. This is where action kind of hots up and it's non-stop. Uh, Scarlet and Bigglesworth Jones have been told <laughs> they've got to... It's like a test of loyalty to Cobra. So they've given Scarlet a sniper rifle uh, or an assault rifle and she has been tasked with killing Hawk and Bigglesworth Jones has been tasked <laughs> with getting this railgun thing uh, which is attached to the battle wagon. Yeah. And yeah, so the, the big assault going on. Scarlet's got Hawk in her sights. She misses, shoots a windscreen but claims to have shot the fuel tank which the vehicle blows up. Luckily though... Stalker, who's also in the in the vehicle, and Hawk are wearing. Now I want to get this right where they mention it. Uh, I guess we can take off these fireproof non-ex suits. They were covered with latex likenesses of our uniforms and faces. Not convincing up close, but Mental. good enough from a distance. Mental. So yeah, so they knew that. Well, that's tricky because how it's did they just know? Mental. Like that. Ah, is just... wait a minute. No, wait a minute. Destro was feeding the Joes info to say Scarlet is coming on an assassination run for Hawk. So then they set up this this elaborate plan. But I don't know how they got. Is the how did they get word to Scarlet to say she'll she doesn't shoot know. the fuel tank? She doesn't know. She, she doesn't know. They they just got lucky. Maybe. Well, maybe they thought Scarlet's going to miss on purpose. They've got some sort of remote button they can push to blow their own vehicle up doesn't he say something about that though i'm sure he says at the end of the issue or maybe in the next issue they say something about shooting the the tank uh originally the plan was for hawk to pretend to be hit by the bullet but i came up with the idea of the exploding gas tank it was triggered from a switch under the dashboard Ah, right unfortunately there there was no way to let scarlet know there you go right there you go yeah i read the issue about 20 minutes ago and forgotten that already (laughs) um yeah so now although slice like you mentioned he's still dubious uh, about it all but everyone else is like right scarlet and bigglesworth jones and now they're you know officially cobras that's fine another thing is i mentioned this on a previous pod i know the toys were branded slice and dice as cobra ninjas but in the in the books we've never actually had they've never had any allegiance to cobra and in fact when they were first introduced they mentioned something about not being Cobra agents. But here, they're just they're in the fold as if, uh, forget about it, let's just, just call them Cobra. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like they've just, well, you know, I suppose they're just going, right, they're Cobra ninjas now. Moving on to the last issue of the arc, and this is where, again, it all just kind of ramps up with, with full-blown action. And this is where we see the castle. Cobra Commander had done it previously in an earlier I- I- issue. He throws those switches, which change... Destro's ancestral Scottish castle back into the silent castle which Destro had turned it from when he started residing there again and this happens about four times in this issue it just keeps changing from back and forth back and forth back and forth which felt a bit I don't know surely parts parts are going to start falling off if you keep turning it backwards and forth again (laughs) but 
This is actually a reason for the actual reason for this is we find out before it happens at the very can last I just, page. Can I just interrupt? I know yeah. what that vehicle is, and people don't have to f- call in and, and moan at me now. It's the com- it's basically he calls it a command GPV. Yes. In the in the actual issue, and there is a GI Joe vehicle that came out for the I think the twelve inch um, Hall of Fame figures called the Rhino GPV. And it's basically exactly that. That's what it looks like. Right. It's like there a little jeep with the gun on the back. So Rhino. There you go. Rhino GPV. Nice. Good work. Good skills. Yeah. So when they're, they're, Scarlet and Biggles are throwing all these switches, uh, Klung, Shunk, Wonga, Crunk, and then you see these three <laughs> little panels at the bottom, which was, I, I thought it was quite cool, anomaly, large-scale transformation. Are you sure? Yes. Access visual data from 10 minutes previous. See, it is still in the process of morphing. Could it be another one of us? And then there's kind of figures, and you're like, wait a minute, who who are these clowns? And why are they speaking in Transformers dialogue bubbles? Because they're Transformers. So. Dun, dun, dun. Big fight scene on top of the now shifting castle. The G.I. Joes have come in to extract Destro and Baroness, and. It all goes south, it all goes tits up when Scarlet is confronted by Snake Eyes because obviously they left on bad terms. Snake Eyes wasn't aware of the plan for her to infiltrate. He was obviously filled in by Hawk after the, after the event. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he's done a shuck uh, he's, as he's rammed his blade right through her torso. And a shung to remove it and a shung to remove it, and then a scrunch uh, on the next panel, which I don't... Oh, it's them busting through the door. Maybe the shung is him getting yanked off into a plane, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, because, it, because it's double G. No, it's triple G. That can only be getting off into a plane, I think. Triple G. <laughs> if, it was, if it was him pulling the blade out, I think it would have been double G. Yeah, total double G yeah. bag right yeah. there, yeah. Yeah, triple G. So, uh, and then Slice is like... Well, Biggles is like, the cut just missed her heart. There's no doubt he meant to kill her. Bull- Still questioning her credentials. He's snake eyes. Like, this is this is where it all falls apart and why I think Slice is a bit, he's kind of, like, right to be wary, but he's dumb for not being 100% like, f*** her. I'm just going to kill her now. Because, like, it's obvious. Yeah, he actually says, he says, Snake Eyes is a master swordsman and this was too easy a cut to miss. Let's let her bleed out and see how the Joes react to it. He's got the right idea. <laughs> yeah, I like Slice. I like Slice. <laughs> Orange man. Slice, I remember him now. Yay! Um, yeah, but he says, uh, Cobra Commander, says, I have other plans for her. Uh, what's that falling out of the sky? And then the last page, wait a minute, it's bloody Megatron. At last, total victory is within my grasp. Yeah, this is, this is weird. And it's all gone back crazy. This is kind of weird because it's... For the GI, if you're just a GI Joe reader, and this happens, you're like, "What?" But yeah. if you've been reading, I think the Transformers comic around the same time, they kind of converge on each other, don't they? These these issues. I can't remember because, well, I don't know. The last bit is Megatron said not to Decepticon, and Cobra Commander said, "Listen, can we talk?" As if, oh yes, this is normal for a big hundred foot robot to come falling down out the yeah, sky. Yeah, you'd, you'd be f***ing <laughs> yourself, and you'd be like, um, "What?" And but then Megatron, well, this is what I wanted to ask you. Megatron is in bad shape, man. He's got uh, cables hanging out. He's battered. He's got plates hanging off. He's not in a good way. So he needs his G two uh, get up. That's why. So this is 
in G.I. Joe continuity, but is it also in Transformers continuity? That's what I'd assumed. Because and like you, you mentioned there, you mentioned there, it was it was happening in a in a Transformers comic at the same time, was it? I I yeah, have comic. the Transformers issues, but I have not read those for like ten years, so I wouldn't be able to tell you. I haven't read them for God knows how long either. But I'm pretty sure that when Generation Two swung around, the the two lots of comics crossed over with each other. Like they did this together with um, with the Joes, and then the, the Transformers comic had. Uh, crossover with it as well going on so okay so my next question is do we need to dig out some transformers comics for next week so i'm looking at now i'm looking for the the uh issues that that do that kind of crossover got it but yeah probably we could do we might as well yeah all right if if they fit in whatever we'll have a read and you know otherwise we weren't going to we were just going to have the next four issues of real american hero but if it's pertinent to the story arc we'll include them while you're looking that up, I will give my views on this and my yo joage I first thing off the ball, I I I think Wildman's a good artist, but I don't like him when he's inked by Stephen Baskerville. Yeah, you see like real like harsh differences between the colours, don't you? As well, like there's a yeah. lot of I don't know, like the I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's I think his inking style, not the I, I I don't mind sort of scratchy style and I don't mind smooth style, but he's kind of in between and it's kind of a weird sort of bumpy edges to the lines, which I'm not really digging. There's some really nice panels and stuff in here though. You know, we I, we didn't mention it, but I really like that page where uh, the GI Joes are busted the night creepers and there's a page of just like kind of night vision in green. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Where they're kind of speaking to the camera and the last page is someone with some, I don't know who it is, maybe Dojo. And he's got a couple of knives up real close to the camera by his face. Uh, Some nice stuff going on there. So there is some good stuff. The silliness, I think half of the silliness I didn't like, half of the silliness I did like, like the stuff that you mentioned about Scarlet's reasons and... The, the scene setting of her betrayal felt like no that's not that's not going to cut it's the not hardly a betrayal yeah she got in a huff and, and ran off and cobra taking her into easily etc but there was some other silliness in there that i did like the the night creepers the new night creepers i quite thought they were quite cool there's also a mention of one of the security guards that we mentioned uh having a little bit of a role one of them says that sounds like those guys in there are having a slam dance contest <laughs> and a i don't really know what slam dance is and B, the title of issue 150 coming up is Slam Dance in the Cybercastle. So Larry Harmer dropped in a slam dance early doors there. So, yeah, I think overall, for me, it's not a stinker. I didn't actually mind it too much. When the action starts ramping up, it was flowing really, really well. So I'm probably going to end up giving this a low seven, I think. Yeah, I'm going to give it a high six um just straight off the bat for most of the same reasons you said um although i did you know it's funny because i have been enjoying reading the comics and i do again like i even though the monster blaster apc is randomly in there and not part of this particular era of joe i mean it is but it isn't then you know with no explanation shout out to dave newman who uh mentioned that to me the other day as well i think talking through it brings the brings the score down for me a lot of the time because when I'm reading them, I'm kind of enjoying them. And even though some of the things seem a little bit out of place, it's kind of like, it's fun. You know, like seeing Megatron turn up all of a sudden is actually, it's fun. Like I should, you know, I shouldn't have anything against it. They've crossed over before just because it's in the main run. 
why can't they operate in the same universe do you know what i mean it's like just as ridiculous i mean the transformers aren't even on the planet half the time so it's it's cool it's also just to kind of come back to what we're talking about with the crossover the g2 crossover the generation 2 relaunch basically they merged the two continuities together with gi joe and I think it was, yeah, it was issues 138 to 142 for G.I. Joe. And then for Transformers Generation 2, it was issue 0 to issue 12 is where they have this kind of like, you know, combining of the two superpowers, I suppose, as you'd like to call it. So, yeah, we could we could always read 0 to 12. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, fine. So, yeah, I would, so I'm giving it a high 6 because it, it, it wasn't totally, totally bone. But I just, there are some elements of it that really bug me. Like the way she just has this big tantrum and leaves, and that's enough to convince Cobra that she's left the G.I. Joe's. It's just bollocks. That yeah. That is absolute bollocks. Um, hold the presses. Chief's downgrade into a high six. Wow. The presses have been held. There you go. Did I just talk you into that then? I talked, yes. Well, I was mulling it, and when I looked at some of the other things I've got on the Every Joe Story Ever list that I have as sevens, I would much rather read those again over this. So I have to bump this down. Yep, that's true. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Next week we'll be doing 139 to 142. Can the mega powers, as you put it, survive uh, their contact together? Cobras, Joes and Transformers all will be told next episode. But right now, I want to hear about toys. And I think you're the man who can do that for me. Chris talks about toys, ho ho. Chris talks about G.I. Joe. He talks about all the things from the comic book and animated show. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Uh, Well, for this one, I was so enamoured at seeing the Night Creeper version 2 again that I wanted to talk about the toy very quickly. So, yeah, as I said before, and I've already kind of mentioned most of it, it's just me about... All it's going to be is me reading out the file card, really. But the figure that came out was kind of a bit bright and a bit crazy but at the same time when i saw that on the shelves in the states i was like i need that so bad so that was one i picked up in the us and it's just bonkers it's pink like it is really pink and the the kind of the blue elements as well like the kind of the blue helmet with the red visor there are little like dark gray bits bits of like he's almost like he's wearing a like a skin tight pink t-shirt with then a grey shirt underneath, like long sleeve, and then these blue gloves. So there's like this kind of grey, this blue-grey-pink thing going on on the arms, if you know what I mean. Yep. The Then they've got these kind of like padded blue elements down the outside of the legs and grey boots, and they just look bonkers. Uh, but for me, it's the, it's the head sculpt. And what is interesting, actually, on the figure is on the card art, I should say, they've got that kind of really weird kind of like animal hair type cape that's kind of flowing behind them the figure doesn't have anything like that on it at all there's no there's no secondary there's no molded piece on the back there is nothing like that on it so i always i think what i envisioned when i saw the card art was that that was just some sort of effect that it was you know like part of the night behind it or something so i didn't really take much stock into that on the card art yet when i saw the comic and saw they had that kind of animal fur 
kind of cape thing. I'm like, oh, that's what it was supposed to be. Now, either the card art is what they were following and the the card art wasn't necessarily meant for them to have this kind of weird, you know, cape, but that's just some sort of effect to make them look like they're jumping or whatever. Uh, And it might have been misconstrued and drawn incorrectly just makes for the coolest thing ever on this night creeper and i think without it now doesn't look right and that's why the figure doesn't really look right to me anymore but obviously it was on a ninja force card came out in uh, 1993 i believe in the us um and also i think now this is where it kind of gets weird because i'm not sure if we even got the night creeper version 2 in the uk I just I'm I'm just assuming we haven't because it's not on Blood for the Baron on the list. If right. we did get it, I apologize and if other people again like other people if they know, let let you know let me know that is a gap in my uh, release knowledge, so we shall we say. Um but this Night Creeper is just so amazing and like I said the card art did it for me 100%, slightly more muted colors and obviously the the way I I I've got to admit I prefer the original version's design. But I I love the comics interpretation of that character so much that it gets away with it. And the head sculpt is just phenomenal. Um, the card or the file card uh, says the following. So primary, m- primary military specialty, field intelligence. Yep. Secondary specialty is covert operations. They are obviously the Night Creeper Cobra Ninja. Like a fierce dark cloud, we appear and... I thought you were going to say fierce dark clown. That would be funnier. Like a fierce dark cloud, not clown, we appear and reign misery over all. Captured Cobra documents revealed the existence of a syndicate of high-tech ninjas called Night Creepers. It is believed that these vicious ninjas conduct all field intelligence and covert operations for Cobra. All investigations into the structure and origin of the Night Creepers have run into dead ends or resulted in the mysterious disappearance of the investigators. It's actually, I think it's more or less exactly the same as the original one. Right. If they're provoked in any way, even by other Cobra members, they are known to react without mercy. They are generally regarded as having the scruples of a Wall Street (laughs) stock manipulator, the lethal skills of a fish master martial artist, and the stealthy talents of a cat burglar. Yeah, so it's basically the same as the original. (laughs) Yeah. For for me, it's and I know I know a lot of people are kind of against the ridiculous colours and the kind of some of the figures in the era and the redesigns, but I do honestly have I feel like a real strong connection to the to the figure. I think it's ridiculous. It is slightly hindered by you know, a special gimmick. In this case, it's like a ninja like, chop type like a uh, pork gimmick, chop. like a pork chop, but. In you know a lot of the Ninja Force figures had this issue where they were kind of they had these like little blocks um, attached to the interior of the body which lock in to the the waist. So the bo- where the body and the waist were kind of like free flowing before these two little kind of added additions to the torso mean that the the body and the waist kind of lock into position, which is odd and a bit sad. And uh, yeah, it does kind of ruin some of the figures for me. But yeah, this Night Creeper bloody loved it. And it's, yeah, the 93 US Cobra Night Creeper version 2. Excellent. Good stuff. Good stuff. More toys. There's never uh, an end for toys, so you'll always have a job there, at least. I'll give you a job. What? Yeah. I want to talk about some other stuff now, and what I want to talk about is British colloquialisms, because I certainly have been over-egging the pudding. Don't know about you. 
constantly. It's all I do. We got a pudding. We're gonna egg it. We got a pudding. We're gonna over egg it. We got a pudding. We got no criticisms. That means it's time for some British colloquialisms. Hit me with what you got. Well, this came up the other day because Kate was on her laptop talking to somebody. I can't remember who. Probably a, another fella. No, I'm kidding. But she. She said uh, that she she'd mentioned or that she remembered that I called somebody an anorak once, an nice. anorak, and obviously that is not an American term, and it's something that was born out of uh, the out of Britain and out of Train Spotting because obviously not the movie Train Spotting, by the no, way. out of this kind of I suppose nerd culture where people like groups of people would get together to take pictures of trains. And obviously that has continued because obviously they would wear anoraks. You know, the, these groups of people would wear anoraks for that particular because it'd be cold in Britain. You know, you'd, you'd have yep. to or like raining or whatever. So it refers to a person who has a very strong interest, perhaps obsessive in niche subjects. And, you know, I, I think it was the Observer newspaper in 1984 used the term for the first group of train spotters. And that's where it kind of got attached to. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So yeah, anorak, good one. And was it was it used as an insult as well? Do you think? Kind of oh, back in totally, the day? totally. Like it's always used derogatory in a derogatory way, and it's always like, you know, I think I, I remember. Like, I, I want to say John Major got called an anorak or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure I, he got I, called I'll an go, anorak. I'll go with point. that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like the it's it definitely definitely a term to. Uh, deride the groups of people that enjoy that kind of stuff. I mean, we're a bunch of f***ing anoraks in a way. Yeah, you know it. We're the good ones, though. <laughs> we got like a fleece lining in our bad boys. We don't mess and around. it's fashionably That's yeah, it. designed. Yeah, yeah. We're down with the street posses. Like um, a shell suit. Yeah. Oh, I love shell suits. Um, my one was... Uh, I, I was at work uh, as a, because I have a job. So I was at work and someone had gone to the coffee machine and they got a coffee out of the coffee machine. And as they kind of exited the area... Um, over-exited the pudding. They over-exited the pudding, yeah, yeah. No, someone had put a bag down and they tripped over the bag and fell over, basically, with coffee went everywhere. And some someone was walking past and went, that guy's gone <laughs> over tit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> over tit. over tit. Yeah. Basically, meaning to kind of have a tumble, yeah. Because like head over heels. effectively, yeah, you've fallen and your your ass is now over your tit because you're upside down. There you go, over tit. It does say that it is an Australian, New Zealand, Britain. Ah! Oh, Britain. Okay, Australia, New Zealand, and Britain idiomatic. I think we have a few listeners out uh, in the Australia, New Zealand area. So, uh, get a cobber. And uh, you're welcome to share in that British, Australia, New Zealand colloquialism. Under-egging the pudding. Down yeah. under-egging the pudding. <laughs> nice. Perfect. Nice. I'll so as that. to fall over in a sudden or dramatic way. I like that. Okay, cool. Good stuff. Good stuff. You, you're not off the hook yet because you've still got some no. talking to do because it's... Chief Best Chris a question. Chief Best Chris a question. What'll he say? What'll he do? When Probably. Chief Best Chris a question. So I'd just like to point out that... Uh, here on Talking Joe, we don't condone animal cruelty in any fashion whatsoever. Nope. But if there was a big pit and you put in a lion and a tiger, who would win? Um, 
I'm have to go with the Tiger because of Tiger Force. Okay, and if the second act on that card was a polar bear versus a gorilla, polar bear, and then third up was a grizzly versus a rhino, rhino, and then uh, the second co-main event was the giraffe versus a walrus, walrus, and then the headlining act, the main event that people have all come to see was a sheep versus kind of a small cow, like. A, a small cow about the same size as a sheep. Cow. Cow. There you go. Battle of the animals. We've done it. Uh, we've, we've sorted out the, the, the kings of, of the animals. Yeah, definitely um, the walrus. How, <laughs> how is a walrus even fighting a giraffe? That is like, whoever put that together yeah. did not take into consideration yeah. the, the weight designations, did yeah. they? Me, two minutes before we started recording, because I realised I didn't have a question. Good work. I guess it all depends on environment as well. Polar bear... In the Arctic, it beats a gorilla. Polar bear in a jungle probably doesn't beat a gorilla. I don't know. Probably still beats a gorilla. They're pretty so, vicious. Environment is key in Battle of the Animals. Gorilla's probably more intelligent, though, so that would be that would definitely come into play somewhere. Yeah. What, you'd like tell him a joke or, like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He'd distract he'd make him. him make him make him laugh himself to death. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say make him a lasagna or something and, you know, get him distracted by eating a lasagna and then he bops him on the head. Anyway, uh, there'll be another question next week. It will not be animal fighting related, so don't worry about that. But it, it may be something else along those lines. It'll be pop culture probably. Uh, anyway, you can join us next week, or you can, but I'm saying do join us next week. We'll be covering issues 139 to 142. You can find us in all the usual places. That's Talking Joe Comics on Instagram, Talking underscore Joe on Twitter, Talking Joe Comics at gmail.com, and Talking Joe at GI Joe Podcast on Facebook. Uh, Smudger, you messaged me on Instagram asking if I'm going to the London MCM Comic Con next week, and I said I was going to check out dates, and I have not got back to you yet. I will get back to you. But by the time you hear this, I think it might have come and gone. So don't worry, that'll be in the past, but actually the present, I think. Anyway, we'll sort it out. Where can the good people find you, sir? Oh, Diagnostic80 on Twitter and Instagram, and of course the Full Force podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, and Patreon. Yeah, catch me on Cheapy Two Shoes on Twitter if you want to. And if not, or if you do want to read ahead, please do it. Uh, write in, let us know how we're doing. And we've got a possible special guest coming up for an interview, a special episode hopefully in the next couple of weeks i'll let you know more details next week if we have it and with all that said and done we will catch you down the road bye yeah. Yeah.